Welcome to Content Pros Podcast, where we unlock the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world and ask the questions you've always wanted asked. Content Pros is sponsored by Clear Voice Content Marketing Software, helping you decrease your time spent creating content by up to 50% while doubling your online engagement. Convince and Convert, content marketing strategy advisors and counselors to leading brands and organizations worldwide. Convince and Convert makes your content better. Oracle Marketing Cloud, helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. And by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create, manage, and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. Now, here are your hosts, Jeffrey L. Cohen, Director of Content Strategy at Oracle Marketing Cloud, and from Uberflip, Randy Frisch. Ready? Let's talk to the pros. Welcome to another episode of Content Pros. Very excited today. We've got a very special guest joining us. A reminder, Content Pros is a part of the Convince and Convert family of podcasts. I'm Randy Frisch on behalf of Uberflip. As always, I've got Jeff Cohen here by my side from Oracle Marketing Cloud, who's my co-host. And today, as I mentioned, our special guest is Marcus Sheridan. Now, if anyone has not heard Marcus speak, you got to find the time. You got to look up one of the conferences where he's speaking and get there because the energy is really contagious and his passion for inbound marketing has really been there all the way through since this thing started to take off. So, Jeff, why don't I pass over to you and you can have the honors of, of bringing Marcus into the conversation. That's great, Randy. Thanks so much. Happy to be here for another episode of Content Pros. And as Randy said, we're really privileged today to have Marcus Sheridan. He is a speaker, a consultant, a pool, uh, I guess, installer, manufacturer, <laughs> all, all sorts of stuff. That's right. He, he says pool guy. He's the pool guy. And Marcus, as we jump right in, let, let's go to your origin story and and hear how you got to this point to going from a full-time pool guy to now being, I guess, a full-time pool guy and the sales lion. Yeah, well, thank you uh, for the intro. Appreciate that. And, you know, I'm going to give you the really fast version of this story for those that haven't heard it. I started a swimming pool company in 2001 called River Pools and Spas. It was going okay. Um, And we're trying to grow the business, like all businesses, up until 2008. And that was when, of course, the market crashed and the real estate market just flipped upside down. And for any swimming pool company, that was a really difficult time uh, for our country. It was brutal, brutal time. And I lost immediately a quarter of a million dollars in business um, right after the uh, stock market crash in 2008. And, you know, it just got worse over the coming months by January of 2009 we went through a period of three straight weeks uh, where we were overdrawn on our business account. I had 16 employees at the time. They were sitting home, and uh, I talked to three consultants. They all said, you should file bankruptcy. So that was, that was the situation in early 2009. And that was also when I said, all right, if I, if I file bankruptcy, I'm going to lose my home. My two business partners are going to lose their home. It just didn't make any sense, and that's when I started to research the Internet. And you know, started reading all those fancy phrases that many of us have now taken for granted almost, like uh, inbound marketing, content marketing, things like that, right? And so as as I was reading all this stuff, my simple mind analyzed it and said, okay, so what you're telling me here is I just need to listen incredibly well to the questions. 
my prospects and customers are asking and then be willing to address them on my website through text and video. So in other words, our philosophy became they ask, you answer. Four really simple words that have changed my life. And really, frankly, since that time, many businesses, thousands have embraced around the globe and have gotten some pretty exceptional results. And our result was this. Make a long story short, today, Riverpools is the most trafficked swimming pool website in the world. It gets about 600,000 visitors a month. Obviously, it saved the company, and we went on to become a manufacturer as well. So we were just a B2C installer of pools in Virginia and Maryland. Now we're also a B2B installing these, uh, excuse me, manufacturing these fiberglass pools for our dealers around the country. Now, that consists of about an hour of my week uh, because the other time I spend is with, of course, the sales line in speaking and consulting. And I started writing about the Riverpool story in late 2009 because I knew we were on to something. And from that stemmed invites to conferences and events and uh, you know companies saying, hey, Marcus, we show us how to do that. And that's where I got to be where I am today. And it's a really blessed life because two totally different businesses. Uh, it's an amazing story. And I'm just grateful to, you know, to share it. Today's episode of Content Pros is brought to you by Clear Voice. Need a freelance writer? Clear Voice Marketplace can help you. Looking for trending topics or influencers? No problem. Clear Voice Content Studio is the answer for that one. Looking to store all your brand guidelines, keywords, and personas in one accessible space? That's right. Clear Voice can do that too. Even pay all your writers from one secure account. Go to demo.clearvoice.com for a free demo and tell them your friends at Content Pros Podcast sent you. It it is pretty inspiring. And and before we before we move forward and talk more about the sales line, let's just dig a, a little bit deeper into into that that content creation story. Some of our listeners may be familiar with you because you wrote the forward to Jay Bear's book Utility and but for those those of our listeners who are not, you described as you answered all those questions, it was over like 800, 800 blog posts. So I'd love to get a sense of how how you managed to create that many posts. In other words, how long did it take? How did you sort of focus on it? And then also, when did you start seeing results from that onslaught of content? Well, you know, I never really set out to write... 800 or whatever pieces of content. What I set out to do was to become the best teacher in the world when it came to fiberglass pools. And my life was like this. I would go out and sell during the day. I'd hear a question. I'd hear lots of questions from sales appointments, prospects, things like that. And I would always make a note to myself as I was hearing the questions before I just blabbed out an answer to the individual. I'd say to myself, so have I addressed that yet on the website? It's amazing what happens if you do that. If you do it the right way, you start to realize, holy cow, there's a lot that I haven't discussed. And that, to me, is the greatest keyword tool ever invented. It's certainly better than anything Google can come up with if you're just an obsessive listener. And that's the essence, really, of they ask, you answer. Because it really shows you how you need to sell and, 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 and what you need to market, how to market. I mean, it just, it just shows you so much. You know, we started to get results immediately because people would call me up and say, Marcus, I'm checking out your website and you guys talk about so much more things than your, our, you know, your competitors, right? So we would talk about fiberglass pool pricing on the website. We would talk about 
what are the problems with fiberglass pools. We would talk about how fiberglass pools compared to concrete pools. I mean, we addressed the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I think that's what made us different, plus the fact that we were just really unbiased. You know, I came right out and said, you know what? Fiberglass pool is not for everybody. If you're, if you're looking for this, this, and this, you might want to choose concrete instead. Most companies never do that. And because they don't do that, they don't engender the trust of their audience. But we were willing to do it. And it certainly paid its dividends. Within a few months, I could see the SEO results as well, right? So I could start to see we were ranking for a heck of a lot of, you know, first it was long tail keyword phrases, and then it was medium phrases, and then it was the shorter phrases. And the snowball just kept rolling. And it was like for the first year or two, I felt like I was pushing the snowball up the hill, but eventually it crested the hill and it started rolling down it and just picking up steam on its own. And really, that's where it is. Uh, that's where it is today. So, again, it's such a great story, Marcus, and you know, I think one that a lot of people can relate to. And if, if anyone's like questioning how true the story is, do what I just did, which is like open up your Google tab as you listen to this podcast on your phone, type in something like what type of surface is best for my pool, and you will see Marcus's company, River Pools and Spas, it's like owning the top of the search results, which is yeah, really exciting. Really, any, any question you ask about a fiberglass pool, Hopefully we've addressed it and hopefully it's going to be on the first phase of search engine results. And if it's not, it really bothers me <laughs> because, because, you know, I don't, I, I look in the mirror and say, have I, have I done a poor job list, uh, as a listener? Right. No, absolutely. And so I guess let's kind of take this at a very high level. And as we go through this podcast, we'll dig deeper. And where I want to start with is a lot of people I think wonder sometimes, okay, you know, am I the right company to start creating content? Is it going to work for me? Who's it going to work for? Who is it not? And, you know, Jeff and I, we both work in B2B companies. Our businesses sell to businesses. So a lot of people from that perspective, we want to drive them to our website. You know, River Pools and Spas, as you you touched on, I mean, you're, you're dealing with a residential homeowner, obviously a little bit more B2C. Just your opinion in terms of how is it differing in terms of that content strategy from a B2B versus B2C perspective? I know there's a lot of tools to help us ex execute differently, but how do you see the big difference between the two from a creation perspective? I, um, frankly, and, and this is probably not the answer that people necessarily want to hear, but I don't see any core differences whatsoever when it comes to the strategy. And so, you know, the book, they ask you to answer my book that's coming out in January. I specifically have a, a lot of B2B examples. And what we didn't do when, you know, we we brought this to B2B companies is we didn't say, well, let's go about this differently. The the the, the vision was all, always the same. If anybody has a question, a worry, a concern, a problem, will they come to our website and feel like they were fed? Will they come to the site and feel like I got the answers I was looking for? Could they have an incredible sales experience before they talk to a salesperson in real life? Is it possible through the digital platforms that we have created for them, right? So that was the question. And so I, I don't find that it changes whatsoever. You know, you look at the sales line, that's a, that's a B2B. If you look at Riverpool's manufacturing, that's a B2B. And then you look at all the companies that we've worked with at this point. I don't really think it changes. In fact, the, the subjects don't change either. And let me give an example. One of the things I like to talk a lot about is there's, there's five subjects that seem to move the needle in every single industry. B2B, B2C, both you know, local product, service, big, small, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. So those five subjects 
move our entire economy. They're the subjects that buyers want to talk about, but businesses do not. So the first one is cost, cost-based questions. Like, why are you so much more expensive than everybody else? Right? Which is a great one that you can use to your advantage if you want to. So the first one's cost. The second one is problems and negatives. Like, what are the drawbacks of that particular thing, of that particular method, of that particular brand, of that particular widget, right? So that's the second one. The third one is comparison-based questions. So buyers love to compare your method versus that method, your technology versus that technology, you, you know, your product versus that product. Uh, they want to know the difference. But once again, businesses don't like to talk about them. It doesn't make any sense because that's a question that your salespeople get all the time. So that's number three. Number four is uh, review-based questions. People are obsessive. We all know about reviews, B2B and B2C. And then finally, the fifth one is best of questions, like best companies for this or you know, best methods for that. I mean, you go down the list, we always want to know the best thing. It doesn't mean we're going to engage the best thing or do the best thing, but we want to know what it is so we can have a comparative analysis, you know, psychologically speaking as buyers. So that's true for B2B, B2C. Those are the big five. And the companies, you know, um, 60% of our clients at the sales line are B2B. And for 90% of our B2B clients, the number one traffic lead in sales generating content has to do with money. So it might be cost, it might be price, it might be salary, but it always has to do with money because that's what moves the needle. So I, I, I love that advice and I think it's a really good structure for people to walk away with. What we'll make sure to do is, is put some of those top five items into the show notes at contentprospodcast.com so people can find those. Well, and it's, uh, it's a really simple thing you can do too. Like, so let's say you wanted to create an editorial calendar off of what we just did. And let's say that you have five major services that you offer, okay? And you're a B2B company. So people are researching those services. So you can do a spreadsheet and just list those services on the left side of the spreadsheet straight up and down. And then on the right side, you can go cost, problems, comparisons, reviews, and best. And then if you, if you, where they meet is where you, you know, enter the question, right? How much does that particular service cost? What is the best type of that service? How does that service compare to that service, right? So this is what you want to do. And that's the stuff that moves the needle. It's not the fluff. Too many companies struggle with content marketing and struggle to have success with it, especially for the first six to 12 months, because they are busy producing fluff that consumers and buyers, generally speaking, don't care that much about. When you obsess over the hard questions, that's when you start to move the needle immediately. And also, that's the content that your sales team can immediately integrate into their sales process. So people say, how can I have a media victory? You produce content that your salespeople can use tomorrow when they're having a sales appointment, a sales call, or if they're doing some type of prospecting. I definitely want to get more into how, in your role, you see salespeople using that content. But before we go kind of further down that leveraging of content, uh, you spoke a lot about making sure that content's on your site, indexed by SEO, as we as we used with that example, where I Googled, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, surfaces for a pool. But maybe you can talk to, other than your website, what are two locations that you encourage people early on to make sure that they're distributing their content to? <clears throat> Sorry, and that, that could be social well, stream that could be facebook i mean we we all debate what's the right channel our our site's important but where else do you see well you know at this point my philosophy and what we anybody that we work with we say you have to see yourself first as a media company second as 
a seller of that thing that you sell, right? So I happen to see myself as a media company that installs and manufactures fiberglass swimming pools, for example. Now you say, that's just a play on words. No, no, it's not. Because that forces you to think about the world from a digital perspective, which is why far and away, we should all be producing at this point. And, and a lot of people are going to just be like, like, seriously, Marcus, you should be producing more video content at this point than textual content. I truly believe that without question, that's a B2B, B2C service product call right there all day long. If that's the case, you of course should be on YouTube. You got to be, I mean, you, you got to be on YouTube just because of its reach. You know, everybody knows the stats, second largest search engine in the world, but also you need to be able to be producing video so that you can upload that file directly to the Facebook or to the LinkedIn or whatever that thing is. You know, I used to think more, I used to think a lot about, um, you know, platforms and whatnot, but today I'm like, okay, so I take the file. Where does the file need to go? Used to be that we shared the YouTube video on Facebook. Now, of course, I don't do that anymore. I directly upload the file to Facebook. I directly upload the file to um, to LinkedIn. I used to care about how many views something had on YouTube. I don't care anymore. What I care is that the file itself is on the platform and it's put there in a way that the platform will give it the most love possible, right? So I think video is the big key. And I think wherever you can put your video at, YouTube especially, and Facebook for the B2Cs, but B2Bs too, especially if you're doing Facebook targeted ads, video targeted ads on Facebook, I think they're phenomenal. And I think that's why we all need to become media companies. That's great advice that that we all should be thinking about video as as the kind of content that we're producing and not ignoring, um, which which actually leads me to a, a, a pretty natural connection here early on when we were chatting before we started the show, you mentioned the idea of content shock and actually people getting marketers, content marketers getting concerned that everything has been said and they, they kind of don't even know what to do anymore. Terrible, but, terrible, terrible advice. Yeah, go ahead. Jump, and by the jump way, I, right love Mark, I love Mark Schaefer. We both went to West Virginia University, so he's a fellow mountaineer. But that doesn't mean that that content shock is a healthy thing for, for look, look, think about this. Think about what would happen if we just declared to all authors and writers, especially of nonfiction, if the thing has ever been said, don't ever say it again. That would basically mean 90 plus percent of all the books ever written wouldn't exist. That would mean that, you know, not to get religious, but you've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right, of the, of the Gospels. Luke was like 200 years after the first ones. Are we just saying it's dumb that he produced his own version of it, and he basically said a lot of the same things? No, it doesn't make any sense. The idea that you shouldn't say something because other people have also said it is a tragedy, because it doesn't allow you to figure out your message in your company philosophy or your company doctrine. And besides that, when you are forced to produce content, especially true with salespeople or leadership or whatever, you get in front of a camera, you, 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 know, you, you put pen to paper, you think about that thing that you do 
You think about your prospects and customers at a deeper level than you would if you're just average Joe, salesperson or marketer. You have a level of empathy that's higher. You can articulate the thing better. The fact of the matter is when somebody produces content, they are better at articulating the message. There's no question about that. And besides that, besides that, is there's all these side benefits to producing content. Let me give you one really, really simple example. So let's say that you produce a, a blog that you know every single question that you have on your blog has been addressed somewhere else. Okay, fine. You still have people that are coming to your website that are maybe not SEO based, but they've come through social, they've come through referral. And the question is, when they come to your site, are they fed? Do they leave there satisfied? Do they leave there saying, this person thinks just like me, they understand my fears, issues, concerns, and worries? Or are they saying, they don't get me. They don't get me and I'm still wanting. Because if they're thinking that, you've lost them. And the thing is, you'll never know that you lost them because you can't measure that type of stuff. You just know they're gone. You didn't get a lead. That's what's sad. And so I, I see people saying all the time, you know, we're in a saturated space. And SEO is hard. So why are we going to do this? I'm like, you just don't even get it, do you? This isn't an SEO conversation. If somebody says to you, any CEO in the world, do you think great teaching, great communication and problem solving is going to be relevant to your business and to your customers in 50 years? In a second, that person's going to say, yes, of course. And that's the essence of what content marketing is. When you boil it down, it's great teaching and communication so as to engender trust from the buyer or the prospect. That's what it is. That's an eternal principle. And so I never want to ever tell anybody, don't produce your art. I think it's a crime. But That's I'm not a, passionate about it. No, not passionate at all. That, that, it's a great perspective. I, I almost felt like that was a mic drop moment where th this is what content marketing is. And if you're thinking about it differently you might actually be thinking about it wrong. So really, really thinking Absolutely. about this. Absolutely. Now, yeah. that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean, so people say, well, utilitarianism is not sexy enough. For, what is wrong? <laughs> You've got to have a utilitarian-based mindset first, and the artist, the creativity can follow second. The problem is you see a lot of people producing creative stuff but it doesn't generate leads. Why doesn't it generate leads? Because it lacks the utility. And then there's a lot of utility out there that doesn't necessarily get seen as much as you would hope. Why is that? Well, it could be because your sales team's not integrating into the content uh, sales process. It could be that you haven't you know, uh, followed best practices with SEO. It could be that you're not putting it on the right channels and that you're not being creative enough that people say, wow, this is totally different. This is unique. This is powerful. This is special. Because here's the thing. I know with this idea, this philosophy of they ask you answer, I took it from text. I implemented it to video. It's like changing my whole life on video. And as I'm doing this with video, now I'm looking forward to VR and I say, I'm going to implement that exact same thing on VR. See, that's what doesn't change. They ask you answer great teaching. That is a principle. It is eternal. It does not change. The platforms come and go. Principles do not die. And so the platform might be VR tomorrow. That might be where we need to play. But the way we play is still the same. Well, I'm, I'm glad we were able to elicit some of your passion, Marcus. That, that makes Randy and I both pretty happy because because that, that's what we want we really want content marketers and our listeners to to understand what 
people at the highest level are are actually doing and and how they think about this. There's one so, of the parts of this too. One of the parts of this. There is yeah, a farce about <laughs> content shock that people are too busy. That is outrageously flawed. Do you realize in 2016, with my swimming pool company, that our average customer read over 110 pages of the website before they bought? 110. 10. 110. Now, if you had told me six or seven years ago that somebody would be willing to read, I'm talking about consume over 110 pages, might be videos, might be photos, whatever, but it's still 110 pages of the website before they bought. What, what do you think I would have told you? I was like, you're crazy. You see, here's what I know. There's more information than there has ever been, yes. But the moment we decide to spend our money is the moment we will take the time to do what is right. It's no different than if you are on a shopping cart page right now, you're getting ready to write a check, you're getting ready to put in your credit card information, and you notice that there's a coupon code for that particular thing that you're going to buy, and you realize, oh my goodness, I don't have the coupon code. Do you still go and buy it? Most people don't. Most people now go and search for the coupon code. You see, because now they are thinking, I'm going to lose something. I need, I'm going to lose a discount. I want to go save that 5% or whatever it is. And they go out and they look for it because they make the time when they're going to spend their money. And I've seen this across the board on all industries, all industries. It doesn't matter. And again, I want to stress over a majority of my clients that I work with are B2B service-based businesses. And it's the same rules across the board. Today's episode of Content Pros is brought to you by Uberflip and their weekly podcast called Flip the Switch, where they bring some of the brightest marketing minds together to provide useful insights, actionable takeaways, and a fresh approach to the content marketing challenges you face daily. Head over to bit.ly slash flip content to discover the tips and tactics that will help you flip the switch from ordinary to remarkable. So, so let's take this in a different direction. And I, I think you're probably standing up, Marcus, because you, you have the energy of someone standing up, waving their arms right now. So if you're, if you're actually yes, sitting, I, I feel up. sorry for you. Okay, I don't perfect. ever do an interview sitting down because it's unhealthy. Perfect. I, I'm, more calories this way. You know, you got to do what it takes, man, to keep the waistline that, down. That's right. So, so you're called the sales line. We've talked about, we've touched on sales a little bit. Um, and it seems like lots of content marketers exist kind of at the top of the funnel and have this fuzzy connection to sales. I, I'm sure you're going to tell us that that's wrong. But what I what I want to know is how does a how does a traditional top of funnel content marketer start working with sales and start understanding the sales process? so that they can get better aligned and and have better content that actually supports their salespeople. Yeah, so this is a whole bag of stuff here, okay? This conversation is actually a bigger issue within the world of content marketing than bad strategy or bad content. The number one email that I have gotten over the past six years since people started knowing who I was isn't how do I get more traffic leads and sales to my website, to my business? It's Marcus, I'm a marketer. I believe in these principles of inbound content. They ask you answer all that jazz. But the problem is I'm not a subject matter expert. 
And so I go to my sales team, I go to my leadership team, and I say, hey, help me produce this content. Help, you know, will you be on these videos with me? Will you participate in, in producing these articles with me? Whatever the thing is. And of course, they say, I don't have the time. And in life, when somebody tells you they don't have the time, what they're really trying to tell you without actually telling you is they just don't value the thing that you just explained. And we have a dearth of value when it comes to the way salespeople, leadership teams, and other subject matter experts view content marketing. And why is this? I'll give you a perfect case in point reason. I was at a marketing conference, a very big one last week, 18,000 people there. Okay. I did a live poll. I was in the sales tract. In other words, it was specifically designed for sales oriented stuff. I had a session with about 300 people in the room. And I said, by the sh a show of hands, how many of you primarily are in the marketing department? About 260 people raised their hand. And then I said, okay, now who is in primarily the sales department? We had about 20 people raise their hand. See, that's the problem. The problem is we have marketing conferences where marketers go. You don't see enough of the sales team. You don't see enough of the leadership team. Marketers go back from these events and they express all their ideas that are usually great ideas. And then the ideas get poo-pooed because the person didn't see the thing for themselves. So we've got to do whatever it takes to get buy-in, whatever it takes. And first and foremost, it's bringing them to the educational events outside of the office. Because the sad thing is this, you might be the best marketer in the world. But like they say, you can be a prophet to the world, but nobody listens to you in your own town because you're from the town. They don't listen to you. And so let me give an example. I teach lots of workshops, tons, and I'm teaching a workshop tomorrow in Houston, as a matter of fact. Everything I go in and say, I guarantee you the marketing team has already said to the sales team. But for some reason, they're going to listen to me, not because I'm special, because I'm not. It's because I'm outside of the organization, an outside perspective. Everybody is together in a workshop-style setting, and it's a different type of focus. And so, you know, you can't st start a culture of content unless you bring everybody on the team together. And as Simon Sinek would say, you give them the what – you give them the how, you give them the why. And if, so, so the test is this. If I went to everybody in your organization right now, sales team included, and I say, what is the what, the how, and the why of content marketing? What would they say? Most could not answer it. In fact, if I said, what is the purpose of all this content marketing? Most wouldn't answer it. If I even said, what is content marketing at all? Many would give a really, really poor answer. If I said, what is the vision? In other words, where are we going with all this? Most would not have an answer. If I said... What is your content marketing mission statement as a company? Which, by the way, that in and of itself is flawed because you shouldn't even call it marketing. You shouldn't call it marketing. But let's just call it, say you called it your content marketing mission statement. Most people, even those in the marketing department, would not know. See, we don't take the time to build the foundation. And because we don't build the foundation of buy-in from the entire team, because frankly, the sales team is generally the subject matter experts, much more so than marketing. Because we don't have the foundation, the house is weak. Because the house is weak, we hear things about content marketing not working within organizations. So I, I love that perspective. And I think, you know, if you go back to the beginning of this podcast, you were 
really stressing the importance that we tell the right story and, you know, listen to what people are asking for and tell them, you know, answers based on that. I guess as you're, as you're recapping it here now, as we move down the funnel, it's just as important, if not maybe more important, right? I mean, you know, when you think about it, a lot of people who have now engaged in this great inbound content that's trying to solve our questions and solve our answers, if our sales team can't compete with content in the same way to be informative, they're just even less useful than they used to be. So what's maybe one tip that you've given to some of the sales organizations that you consult with through, through SalesLion to say, okay, you can use content in this way? Right. So, all right. So the first thing is um, just to reiterate a couple points and add a few more. You've got to have a workshop. Everybody gets the what, the how, and the why. They see how this is going to impact them individually and collectively. They must understand that. They must also understand what is their individual role as a subject matter expert. They must see the impact of using content, how that can impact the sales cycle, how it can shorten it while increasing closing rates. They must understand how it's going to lead to more qualified leads. They must understand how they can use the content before, during, and after the sales process, again, to do all of those things. Also, I ask companies all the time, do you use a CRM, right? And most sales teams, especially if there's more than you know a handful, they have a CRM that they're using. And one of the questions I like to ask is, okay, so if you said to your sales team, if you get a chance to enter that data into the CRM, it would be great. But if you don't get a chance, I understand, I know you're busy, what would be the result? Well, we all know the results. It would be they wouldn't enter the data because generally speaking, well over 90% of the time, if the sales team isn't required to enter the data, it's not, if it's not tied to their compensation as a sales professional, then they won't do it. That's sad truth. And so it's the same thing with helping to produce content. I've participated in some amazing content marketing case studies with clients. You know, folks that have been featured in Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur, etc. right? And a commonality, a commonality is that the sales team is required to help produce content and work in conjunction with marketing. So it doesn't mean that they're writers per se, but it means if marketing wants to meet with them and have an interview, be it text or video, that they do that. If it means that they have a, a group brainstorm, that they do that. And, you know, as a standard, a marketing person, especially like a content manager or something like that, should be on all of the sales team meetings. It should just be there. The idea of silos still existing today, you know, in a perfect world, you have what's called a revenue team with sales and marketing folks in a mix of that in that, in that revenue team. That is the idea at this point. And there's still a lot of companies, unfortunately, living in 1980 when it comes to the departments and silos. I, I I love this. I mean, I mean, we could do a whole podcast just on this aspect of how salespeople are using content, and and you've obviously got a lot of experience. We're running low on time now, and we always do like to get to know our hosts a little bit. So I've got a few questions here. We're going to kind of do this in lightning round fashion, quick little answers here, um, so people can both get to know you, some of your views, things like that. So we start off nice and easy here. We just want to get to know you outside you of vote for pretty easy. Right? Uh, I'm not. I'm not going just there. Kidding. I'm not. Going there. Not easy. Listen, I'm Canadian, so I mean, it's it, I 
I have passions, but I, I've, I've watched more from an entertainment perspective of recent. Um, all right, we're going to get to know more. What do you watch when you're not watching that form of reality TV? So what's your show on Netflix these days? Um, uh, Gold Rush or The Flash. Okay, cool, cool. I haven't heard those ones in a while. All right, cool. All right, now we're going to go more into your areas of business. I mean, I always wonder this question. You said there's a lot of fiberglass questions out there, but I always wonder, do I want to swim in a chlorine pool or a saltwater pool? Um, and you could probably Google that, and I think we'll probably have an answer for you. But um, if you're looking for the lowest maintenance experience, and uh, if you're looking never to have algae in your pool, and not have to mess with it every day, you should certainly go with a salt chlorine generator. Yes. Nice, nice. I, I bought a hot tub recently and I went with the salt water. I'm, I'm very relieved right now. All right. You touched as we were going through the podcast today on, on falling in love with video lately. What has been your ideal length of a video post? You know what? I, I don't think that you should base length of video on what you think everybody might want to see because viral videos oftentimes is not even close to your goal. Your goal is that you answer the question very well. So the person that is actually going to give you money that they feel good enough to give you their money. And so if that means you have a 10 minute video, that's what it means. If it means you have an hour video, it's what it means. If it means you have 30 seconds, that's what it means. Answer the question very well and stop when you're done. That's how it works. That's fair. That's fair. I like that. All right. We've talked a lot about areas for improvement for marketers and salespeople. Which of those groups do you think has more area to improve in the short term? The marketer and their use of content or the salesperson? You're going to piss someone off here. The question is who? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would probably say salespeople because they still overvalue their impact on the actual sale. That's fair. That's fair. But I, I, you know, my, my added opinion to that, I think it's on us as marketers to help enable them and help work with them. So, well, I think, well, we'll, we'll no, that, no, 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 it's not the marketers that can do that though, un until they have the buy-in of leadership to say, this That's is fair. how it's going to go. Unless leadership is fully bought into this, everything marketing says just goes in one ear and out the other anyway. That's fair. All right. Last question. So a lot of people are listening to this podcast. They're probably saying, how do I get more Marcus? How do I even get like some of your time other than buying a pool from you? What is a good way to get your attention directly? Well, a couple of things. Uh, number one, I've got the book that's coming out. It's available on pre-order right now on Amazon. All you got to do is search. They ask you answer. It's really easy and you'll find it. It's right there. So please check that out. I think you'll love the stories. Like I said, lots of great case studies, lots of strategy, salt of the earth. You can find me at the sales line on the Twitters. Um, my website is thesaleslion.com. I've got a, a few different podcasts, but the main one is called Mad Marketing. And of course, you can email me if you're listening to this, Marcus at thesaleslion.com. There you go. Pretty approachable. Uh, Marcus, you always are. Always great getting any time with you. We really appreciate all the thoughts that have been shared today on Content Pros. On behalf of Jeff Cohen at Oracle Marketing Cloud, I'm Randy Frisch. As I mentioned at the beginning, Content Pros is part of the Convince and Convert family of podcasts. So there's a whole bunch of other great podcasts, including the Business of Story, Influencer Pros, Social Pros with Jay Bear. We urge you to check all of those out at convinceandconvert.com. 
Also, you can find this podcast at contentprospodcast.com and is obviously on Twitter, or sorry, on, uh, sorry, Twitter. It's on Stitcher as well as on the iTunes store where you can find all the last episodes that have preceded this. And we hope you'll tune in, give us some feedback there, and let us know how we can continue to make this useful content for you. Thanks so much. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Clear Voice Content Marketing Software, Convince and Convert, Oracle Marketing Cloud, and by Uberflip, and is produced by Convince and Convert Media. Find more great shows like Content Pros at marketingpodcast.com the first search engine for marketing podcasts. Podcast imaging by...